Welcome to Out of Curiosity. Consider us your field guide for queer pride. You will hear from the best of the best in terms of queer business leaders, queer relationship experts, the activists working to protect us all, and everyday LGBTQ plus people that have figured a few things out so you don't have to. Out of Curiosity is brought to you by the Pride and Joy Foundation. Let's do this. The next speaker from our Pride and Joy Summit from May 2021 is Dean Rasmussen. Dean is a trans man hailing from Canada and was on our planning committee for the summit. Dean was in charge of our gender identity track, which was a powerful experience for everyone involved. When Dean agreed to also speak for his track, I was overjoyed because in the months we had been working together to create this summit, I had learned what an incredible human he is. Dean is a fellow conversion therapy survivor. He is a parent and a husband, as well as a trans life coach. In our planning meetings, Dean was never the loudest or the most boisterous. Dean never shoved his way into the spotlight, and even giving his talk was one of the more challenging things he's done. Visibility is not easy for every queer person. Yet Dean had this calm, quiet authority. Dean has lived a lot of life. His wisdom, his clarity on sticky situations was a guiding force as we planned this huge international event for the first time. As you'll hear in his talk, Dean has done the work within himself and within his family to create the life he's always deserved. Now, Dean's talk ends in a beautiful way. And here in this podcast, we aren't typically including the Q&A with the audience that happened after the talks. However, someone did ask a question about being authentic as a trans person with your children, and I couldn't miss the opportunity to share his earned wisdom with you, our listener, so you'll notice that at the end. I give you trans life coach, Dean Rasmussen. For every person who might reject you if you live your truth, there are 10 others who will embrace you and welcome you home. These words of Marianne Williamson's continued to pop up in my life in what I would consider the most unexpected of places or times. But the truth they convey hit me like a brick every single time. A few years ago, I met a boy named Carl. He was an adorable, chubby-cheeked, curly-haired three-year-old, and he introduced himself to me at our local beach. He tore his t-shirt off, leaving only navy blue swim trunks with bright red lobsters printed on them and exclaimed, from now on, you will call me Carl, and I am a brother, not a sister. Earlier that day, my preschooler insisted on wearing these clothes belonging to his brother. At three years old, my innocent baby knew without any doubt that although he was assigned female at birth, he was most definitely a boy, and he has not for one second doubted who he is since that moment. Now, if only his parent, who's more than three decades older and apparently wiser, could say the same thing. By the time I was 21, I was married with two kids. Aside from being young, which of course I thought I wasn't, I was living the dream. Nice home, a spouse, two kids, a dog and a cat. I was working a job I enjoyed with people that I liked. When my kids were five and three, I found myself falling for a good friend of mine who also felt the same. Now, up until this point, I had no clue that I was gay. I had just turned 25, and suddenly, I'm realizing that I'm gay. 
Looking back, I can see so many signs. But at the time, I just assumed everyone thought and felt like I did about women. Honestly, what did I know? I still thought I was a woman. I immediately ended my marriage and told my parents about my self-discovery. They didn't seem shocked. They also weren't overly supportive, but they handled it in more of a don't ask, don't tell type manner, which was typically how our family handled anything slightly uncomfortable. A year after I came out, I fell into a depression. I was dealing with trauma from my childhood and I was living a very closeted gay life. Not living my truth and being my authentic self at that time nearly ended my life. I was never bothered by being gay, but I struggled with the decision to stay closeted. The impact of years of self-abandonment had caught up with me and it was time to get some help. Have you ever had a dream that you chose not to follow? What about a want or a need within a relationship that you were just too scared to address? Or a time when you didn't speak up for yourself? If any of those resonate, then you understand the toll of self-abandonment that led me to therapy. I found a therapist that I clicked with, one who gave me that intuitive, this is the one. The work I did with her helped tremendously with my past trauma, but I feel, still felt like something was missing. So the day after my 26th birthday, I decided that religion was the thing that was missing from my life. <clears throat> Sorry. It wasn't actually religion that I was seeking, but rather it was community. I just had no idea where to find community in my small conservative hometown except at a church. So I started going to church and it felt wonderful. I found a sense of belonging there that I had never before felt. That place became my solace. Those people became my family, except that I was still hiding a huge part of who I was and that continued to wear on me. About six months after going to church, I met some people who attended another church one of whom worked with my mom. I knew this woman had heard that I was gay, and by this point, I had come to understand how the church felt about homosexuality. This woman offered me a way to get healing from this issue that I had. Being gay had started to feel like it was causing more harm than good in my life, so I went for it. The night of my deliverance, where I was going to be healed from homosexuality, I honestly don't remember what I was feeling mostly hopefulness, perhaps. I do know that when I left and returned home, I believed 100% that I had in fact been healed and I was no longer gay. Over the next few years, I was busy being a single parent, homeschooling my two kids, getting heavily involved in church and more or less happily living life. But eventually I started to realize that my kids would one day be gone from home and I might want to be with someone rather than live out the rest of my life alone. And the thought of having more kids also intrigued me, so I decided to start dating men again. When I was 33, I met a man who was a good fit for what I thought I was looking for. And remember, at this point, I still had total faith in the fact that I had been healed and that I was no longer gay. But I also had no real concept of the time that same-sex couples could have families and live the life that I was trying to attain. I didn't know any queer couples or even have exposure to any healthy, happy, successful gay or lesbian couples. So I got remarried and in less than three years had three more kids. 
Another year later, I had a miscarriage, which I believe was a catalyst in my finally choosing to live an authentic life. Coming face to face with knowing how quickly life can be over, forced my eyes to open to the detriment of burying a huge part of who I truly was. The summer that I turned 38, life was again starting to unravel. My then 16-year-old and I came out to each other. We had numerous conversations leading up to this, so neither one of us was overly shocked by the other's revelation. A year later, my second marriage was over. I was once again facing life as a single parent, this time choosing to live an openly authentic life as a proud gay woman, except that I wasn't a woman at all. In March 2017, the woman that I was dating at the time asked me if I was trans. Completely taken aback, I immediately said no out loud. But in my head, in that moment, my thoughts were screaming, I am totally trans. This was the first time as an adult that I both realized and accepted that I was transgender. Over four decades earlier, I was assigned female at birth, but that never fit. I never understood why it didn't bother me when people assumed that I was a little boy because I always had short hair and wore my brother's hand-me-downs as often as I could. Or why I beamed inside every time I got to play the boy during make-believe games with my best friend. At the time, though, it really didn't matter. I certainly wasn't going to transition. I was riddled with fear of the unknowns. What would that do to my kids? And what would that do to my identity? Up until then, my entire life's purpose had been wrapped up in being a mom. If I'm not in fact a mom, what am I? Who am I? My whole life, I've struggled with a lack of self-worth. How would anyone ever love me if I exposed my gender to them? And in addition to this, if I was a man, what did that mean? I have trauma surrounding men. I didn't want to embrace my gender and become one of those men. The unknown seemed endless, not worth the risk. But the more I tried to ignore it, the more I couldn't. In August 2017, I started doing some peer counseling with a non-binary transmasculine person. They helped me work through my issues with being a mom and being a man. They encouraged me to seek out healthy, positive single dads, stay-at-home dads, and gay dads to model. This work changed my perspective immensely. I found amazing examples of fathers who were nurturers, hands-on dads who I could really resonate with. I realize that I'll forever be the parent I've always been, even if my title changes. Now our kids call me Ren, which is commonly, a commonly used term by parents who are non-binary. I swayed back and forth for another year before I was finally able to admit to myself and my family that I wanted to start testosterone injections. During that time, I also had uncertainty about medically, un medically transitioning because there was this small part of me that wondered hoped maybe I just need to work through my trauma of being sexually abused as a child and that would fix me so that I could love myself enough as I was. I wanted nothing more than to take two boxes and unpack all of my issues and separate them into a because I'm trans box and because I was sexually abused box. And unfortunately most of my issues could fit into either box and were likely a tangled knot of both. Eventually, I made the decision to take testosterone, like I make every other choice in my life. I listened, to my, I listened to and trust my intuition. Although my path in life has been full of twists and turns, 
I've yet to regret any decisions I've made relying on my intuition. A year and a half of testosterone injections and not one moment of uncertainty once I finally took that leap. So here I am, nearly 44 years old, almost 20 years after coming out the first time, I'm finally living my truth. I'm a transgender life coach and authenticity and self-acceptance are the foundation of my career. I spend my days empowering others to find, accept, acknowledge, and live their most authentic lives. Whether that fits in a neat little societally accepted box or not. And typically, for my clients, their truest selves don't even know what the word box means. Living my truth, being able to live my life authentically, out loud, and proud, provides the opportunity for other trans folks and even parents of trans kids to see that it's not only okay to be transgender, but it's something to be celebrated. We see examples every day of cisgender heterosexual people who have successful careers, relationships, families, and community. I am living proof that being trans doesn't have to be a deterrent to having a fulfilled life worth celebrating. Living my truth came with some rejection and losses, but everything I've gained has been unimaginably wonderful. As Marianne Williamson said, for every person who might reject you, if you live your truth, there are 10 others who will embrace you and welcome you home. So I ask you, what is your truth? Are you ready to hear the words we all long to hear? Welcome home. I, I don't really have um, any tips on necessarily navigating like when your kids are resistant because I don't know, my kids were my kids were really good. I think the biggest thing, though, is that immediately when I told them, my oldest, who's going to be 24 right away, he was like, well, can I still call you mom? And I just reassured him that, like, you can forever call me mom. Like, I'll forever be your mom. I'm not changing. And I think, like, telling him that really helped. And he ended up being the first one to say, okay, this is getting a little weird calling you mom. We should probably figure something different out. And I think... I think just acknowledging that like it is also change for kids and it is also hard for them, but just like reminding them that you're not changing. Like you're going to be the same person. Like I'm still the same person. I'm still the same parent. I've always been. Apparently I tell more bad dad jokes now, but I think I've always been bad at that. So, and I think a lot of times as parents, we project things onto them things that we're struggling with, like our own internalized homophobia and our own internalized transphobia and our own feeling sorry for them because we're doing this to them. And I think that when we, when we stop thinking that way, that really makes a big difference. Thank you all so much for coming for everything today. It's been awesome being a part of this. thanks to Dean for not only sharing his story, but also for being an integral part of the success of our summit. Dean's story is so unique and yet universal. So many of us made commitments and decisions in our early 20s before we even really knew who we were. So many of us had had multiple coming outs between sexual orientation, gender identity, and for some like our previous episode, neurodiversity. I consider Dean like a guiding light someone who forged their own path through the darkness of internalized homophobia and transphobia 
and is now waiting on the other side. Light held high and bright for us to see and waiting to welcome us home. Thank you, dear listener, for joining us on this journey. This episode is brought to you by Outright Authors, the six-week intensive class about how to publish your nonfiction book, offered by Pride and Joy Foundation. Registration is open till the end of February 2022. Visit www.outrightauthors.com or see the show notes. If someone came to mind as you were listening that would also enjoy hearing from Dean, will you please share this episode with them? All show notes and links to Dean can be found at www.outofcuriosity.com. I appreciate you, fam. You get to yourselves. Yourselves.